<laughs> I just, I'm here. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Hi, Mom and Dad. Nice shirt, Dad. Is that new? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, to be fair, this is not, so there you go. Got one up on me. Ah. <laughs> oh. If we're not having fun in the church, I quit. <laughs> Is that okay to say? A guy actually just left. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> and I'm just getting started tonight. Oh, boy. Some of the things written on this sheet scare me. Um, who is here for Easter? Awesome. Um, we had a really good time. Amen? Um, when I say this, can we respond appropriately? Five people met Jesus Easter weekend here. (laughs) This is amazing. Uh, Yeah, I believe a lady from, yeah. Um, God's good. He's really, really good. And we we just, whew. I I, I wore a tie, right, on Easter? Easter is just not the Sunday to wear a tie. It's, It's the Sunday to celebrate just the most radical moment. And coming off of that, it's funny, I, I really didn't have, I, I'm not able to thank two weeks in advance very much anymore. Um, Bethany and I have just had a whirlwind of the year, and it's been really good. Um, it, pretty much it's always me crying in the closet. She just took my place once today. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we had a good time. It's Oh, it's so good to have a daughter that will pray for you. You've been at two. Because <laughs> she did. <laughs> it was Jesus. Was it we love you? I think we said we love you. Amen. And she, oh, it was, it was Jesus, we love you. Amen. Because <laughs> if you've been around Evie, pray around Evie and say amen. And you watch what happens. One of her favorite words. It's pretty rock and roll, man. Um, so anyways, being able to not think a few weeks in advance, I, I've had it on my heart for a while to really share something. And if you were here Easter uh, I was talking about Nicodemus to really share something about salvation. And I don't know if I've ever really shared a direct salvation message. And spoiler alert, I, I'm really not either tonight. I need to give you some history uh, of what I mean by this. Is um, I've grown up predominantly and, and heard a lot, um, and, and I'm not knocking anybody. This is amazing stuff um, with people that come and say, I, I was in prison, I was, you know, doing drugs, all this different kind of stuff, and I found Jesus, and people get saved off of that because of the redemption story, and that's awesome. Um, that's not really my story. I grew up in church and have like eight generations of pastors and, and servants and, and all this kind of stuff, and I, I can't help it. I was just born into it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> and, and so instead of thinking it in a bitter way of that really never stirred me, well, then I had to ask the Lord, well, what's my job? What should I do, right? Not look at the other side of the street and go, well, that, you know, criticize that or whatever, but where's my place in this? And so it, it also stirred in a place for me of just kind of looking at salvation. Like if you spoke to youth pastor me from years and years ago and I told him what I was going to talk about tonight, he might get a little excited, but he might kind of go, Chris, are you being milk toast? Are, are you just talking about fire insurance? Who's ever heard that term before? It, it's just... You know, it's, it's the mentality of uh, don't go to hell, so get saved, right? And, and again, I'm re- not really knocking into that. It's just for my walk in places that God's had me is I didn't really value it enough is really what it comes down to. When we receive salvation, there's it should have the highest value. And I grew up predominantly going to camps where, you know, you'd see a lot of people get saved and kind of that was maybe the limit or there was not always talk about like just the power of what God's doing in your life or miracles. Um, There was a point in my life where I didn't really know prophetic words or praying for healing. And so when I gained a lot of that, I was like, well, salvation's just the start. Well, can I say this? Um, uh, I'll step on my own toes first is I don't think we've received all the revelation of what happens when we get saved in Jesus. So that's what I'm really here to talk to you about is not just, and, and who's heard it before of, 
20 minutes of I was the worst sinner. And by the way, I can make it up for me tonight. Um, I used to club baby seals. Um, I threw a coup to overthrow Cesar Chavez. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've rigged elections. Um, just kidding. These are things that I'm making up, okay? <laughs> uh, and then God saved me. All right. Now, who's heard 20 minutes on, on rough, 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 and then just, um, and then Jesus showed up. Who wants to get saved? And, and again, there's awesome power in that, but what God's been taking me through is the revelation of everything we gained in Jesus, because he died more, he died for more than freedom from hell, and for more than free pass to heaven, and there are places we're meant to live in, things we're meant to occupy, and and I, I really wasn't even planning on, I was going to do something else, kind of bridging about Nicodemus, if you are here last week, but... God just started my heart. I've got to start here. And let me just hit you with some quick ones that I'll maybe get into a little bit more. But first is just, it gave us a new atmosphere. Everything around you and your whole atmosphere should be changed when Jesus shows up. Amen? Um, It's not just an internal, like, I don't know about you, but I have a pretty wild imagination. So I used to kind of imagine micro-machine Jesus in my heart because that's the only way I thought he could fit. Did y'all not play with micro-machines? You know, like miniature figurine Jesus of like. Um, but the truth is, he's so big that it's overwhelming everywhere around me. You actually can't fit it. Um, we should o- be overflowing. It's also um, the guys walking with Jesus show back up that our hearts should be burning all the time with him. It's lifestyle changes. Ooh, I, this is one of my favorites. It's um, whatever identity we had before wasn't even identity. It was a lie. We actually received our true identity at that moment, as heaven knows us. (laughs) Um, The power of your yes, the power of your yes just got amplified, and and what we gain and what we love just got amplified. You should be always in abundance, And, and the things we already love, God, I think, amplifies that. Sometimes we think, like, well, I've got to quit everything that's not church. Well, if God made you really skilled at something, what if he wants to use that for the kingdom? So there's that. Um, yeah. I'll get into more later. But turn with me to John 3. <laughs> Being a, as my wife said it earlier, a little phrase, gates of honesty. I don't know if I've ever preached out of John 3, to be real, real honest. <laughs> and I had to get there backwards. I had to start with Nicodemus at the end of John <laughs> to come back to the beginning of it. But as I read it this week, can I say this? It had more life for me than it's ever had before. And I've been saved since I was like five. I've started to just hold your place in John 3. And and Lisa, do not even, thank you, Lisa, for being up there tonight and taking all my verses. There's so many in Acts. Even I won't be able to keep them all straight. But um, Lisa, don't worry about flipping through John 3. I'm just going to have people reading their Bibles because I see a lot of them out here, which is awesome. But let me share something with you while you got your thumb on John 3 is um, I'm so glad we talked about the baptisms because I've started to, God's taken me through a journey of valuing salvation more. And when we went to the Dominican back in December, right, Tim? Yeah, back in December we went to Dominican. I saw more salvations, I think, on that trip than maybe every trip before that combined. And I've done probably pushing 10 to 12 mission trips. Um. We've, we've been seeing, I, there was a season of baptism, baptizing people in Tim's hot tub. It was like I was there every other week. I was using it more than him. Um, I've seen an increase because I've, I've started to let God work on my value system for it. And if that, that may be stirring you in one or two ways, one or two ways. It may be stirring you of like, well, Chris, did you not value it all? No, I did. I just let the past define it too much. And I wasn't asking God, is there more? Every single door, doorway God has, I think there's more behind it than we realize. But the other way it may get getting you stirred up right now is if we get fired up about it, people are going to get saved. <laughs> so, John 3, I'm going to take you through. I've got about seven points, and watch out for, for one of them because it's in the wrong place. First, Nicodemus shows up in verse 2. This is John 3, 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are teaching... You, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God for, uh, for one, sorry, for no one 
could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. First, can I say this? He was hungry and he was worth risking his reputation. That's why he snuck out at night. Maybe nobody will see me. But the next thing is he was looking for the signs. And when you're, maybe, maybe tonight what I talk about mostly is going to get you stirred up about other people receiving salvation. And if that's true, go for it, 100%. I love that. But look for the signs. And, and if we're not having the signs that God's moving in our lives, we need to let those be on display so that people will actually come to us. I think it's 100% our portion in biblical that it's actually easier, um, it's more biblical to just walk around and just be at HEB and people come to you and want to get saved as opposed to you having to bark it in their face. Um, so create the signs. The next one is he was ready to be saved and Jesus knew it. So if you're looking for people to get saved, look for is, is this the, the moment where God has him right here? And if you're standing there, the answer is probably yes. Because Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So notice here, Nicodemus did not answer a question, but Jesus answered it. Because Jesus sees what's going on in his heart. No one can perform these signs, and Jesus says, no one can see the kingdom unless he's born again. What's Jesus doing there? You're ready to get saved. You're ready for it. Let's do this thing. All right, uh, that was one and two. Number seven, I told you one's in the wrong place. We'll get to it later. It'll make more sense later, all right? It's number seven, number three, all right? Nicodemus says, uh, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. This is the next part, is when biblical salvation's coming, there should be a stirring of the spirit. When I say this, it's not just a Holding your hand is the smallest sign of what's going on. Holding your hands up. The biggest sign of what's going on, really, is the, the power of the Lord should be stirring. Salvation should not just be, can I say this? I, I think it's time to start seeing more people just get slain in the spirit when they get saved. <laughs> so, he says, born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. This is not perfect. We battle this. Sometimes we blame the devil for what this is actually doing? Can I say that? Flesh gives birth, birth to flesh. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. Your true identity is waking up. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. He's going, Nicodemus is ready. You shouldn't be surprised, buddy. Tonight's the night. Let's do this thing. And Nicodemus has no idea, but Jesus does because he's Jesus. And this is going to be some of those powerful scripture in all the Bible. <laughs> The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus, good question. How can this be? You are Israel's, Israel's teacher. I think he's doing a bit of this right now. You are Israel's teacher. Thump me later for this, uh, Melody. When is our Signo de Mayo event? I'm not sure. You... <laughs> you are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things? <laughs> You spent your whole life working on this and you don't understand what I'm saying? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. Jesus is saying there, I know the spirit and you're seeing the evidence. It's time to receive a greater spirit here. The next one is, now we're back in order. This is the true number three. It's going from limited understanding to unlimited. Read verse 12. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? We're going to get into the mind of Christ a little bit tonight. And can I say this? There's a place that, that we, I don't think we fully receive the revelation of, is that we're, we're always trying to, probably the best way you've heard it, is trying to put God in a box, right? But if he's saying there, you did not believe, how can I speak of heavenly things? Sometimes we're asking for more, and God's going, I need you to believe wild, heavenly things in order for me to give that to you. Because if you don't believe it, I can't give it to you to walk it out. I can't hand you car keys if you do not believe and afford. <laughs> you can't afford not to. Uh, you know what I've been telling people lately is we have 1.5 kids. This one's still 
growing. <laughs> Dad jokes. All right, next one, number four. If you want to be in, you better know Jesus. Read verse 13. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. He's talking about himself. You want the right directions? Ask somebody who's been there. Better yet, ask somebody who lives there. Better yet, you want to go to my house? Don't go and ask somebody else. Like, Terry Blackstone, do you know my address, sir? Don't ask him to get into my house. He doesn't know how. <laughs> we got to stop. We got to stop leading people to us and, and all the awesome things that we do and start going, you need to meet Jesus and encounter him. <laughs> I, this is how, um, if you're looking into the school, don't. Sh- this is one of my trade secrets. This is how uh, I... I get people most of the time, not every time, but this has been pretty effective, of people that come in and maybe don't believe is the same as our ministry, but they want to be part of our school. Okay, you get that? They're Christian, but we may not line up on everything, but it's okay. We line up on most things. As I tell them, really my main goal for your student and their spiritual walk is point their face right towards Jesus and say, figure out your relationship. Because everything that I want to add and all that kind of stuff, that is way second tier compared to you look at Jesus and figure out what it needs to look like. That's where this came from, right? (laughs) All right, number five. Oh, this is fun. Um, I'm going to pick on somebody, so be ready. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, you know what? I need to read to it. I'll just keep reading. Oh, boy. I'm not going to have time to cover everything. All right, let's jump to 17. For God did not sin his son. Oh, we got to read 16, right? All right. For God so loved the world... That he gave, that's a key word to this, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Amen. Come on. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. And that word save there is the word sozo in Greek, salvation, right? But I learned something fun. If only I had a Japanese speaker in here. (gasps) Hi, Meme. What does sozo mean in Japanese? And not, not uh, pseudo-kurata. <laughs> uh, oh, no, do you know this one? Yeah, sozo. Hi. Oh, forgive me. I, I'm a gaiji. Um, <laughs> arigato. Um, so, what, as I understand um, that one of the words that comes from sozo in Japanese is creation. thought that was... Does that make sense? I might have a... Pin uh, a, a word before it. It's likely. Okay, it's likely. Because there is another word for creation. It starts with a T-S-U. It's like sedukuru to. Sukuru? All right. Whoa, boy. I got to work on this. All right. I'm better with Spanish, okay? Cinco de Mayo. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I promise I did a lot of work on this this week. Yeah. So, so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Whoa. To create in your mind. Imagine. Oh, like almost like imagine or create. Okay. I thought that was pretty interesting. And I felt like there were some people in here who needed to hear that. And now I'm going to speak two foreign languages back to back. All right? Greek, then, then Japanese. Sozo, sozo. Save creation. I, I was praying real hard on this this week. Is sometimes we even just lose thought of, of why he died. Well, we always go, oh, he died for me. But really, he's also paying back for what's already his. You're his creation. I w- it'd be real annoying for me when little Theodore, that's the name of our son, <laughs> um, when little Theodore is, is born, that like I, I'm in the hospital and he's born and I've got to like write a big fat check right then and there for what's already mine to pay the doctor out. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it's already mine. And so I was praying on it this week is that there's a revelation and I'm still working on this one. But there's a revelation of my creation is mine and I'll give everything for it. You are mine and I'll give everything for you. That's I think that's God's mindset. All right. 18. This is a good one. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And I could keep reading down. Well, just at the very end, at the end of 21, it says um, that they 
that what ha- they have done has been done in the sight of God. Really, the, the last one on this segment, and this is my intro, I'm so, in so much trouble, um, is our peace now is not just to live it out, but to share and show the gospel. And I chose those two words very intentionally because share is to go out and speak, but show is to, I think it's Francis of Assisi, maybe Scott Money Hun, do I have it, that said, preach the gospel at all times, but when necessary, use words. Yeah. People aren't always going to be won over by our, our viewpoints on things. Can I say this? Some Christian culture right now is totally under attack with the political spirit of the age. So what's going to win people over? The way we love people when we disagree. <laughs> all right. Some lies attached to salvation. All right. You ready for this? Let's get a Steve Backlund anointing and laugh at these if we need to. All right. Because um, I might have the word sucks written in here. All right. Um, so <laughs> there we go. Now you're ready. All right. Um, so. Here's a lie about salvation. It's just a free ticket to heaven and nothing happens uh, here on earth. (laughs) Um, The world sucks and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, 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 here we go. Actually, even better because I didn't read the second line. Sorry. I was an English major and I didn't even read my own notes all the way. The world sucks. There's nothing you can do about it except die. Oh, man, there's some old hymns like I'll Fly Away that don't have the best theology. Uh, (laughs) ah, One day things will be good. I would like to have the kingdom here on earth. Thank you very much. Jesus told me to pray for it. Um, (laughs) All right. Um, You may be saved, but you're still powerless. (laughs) I need to do that one again because some people need to laugh harder at that one. You may be saved, but you're still powerless. (laughs) Um, let's see here. Oh, you may be saved, but there's nothing to do next. You're still stagnant in your life. (laughs) I need more laughs on this side of the room. Jeez, what do I got to (laughs) do? Some truths. I have a relationship with Jesus. And that's, I mean, that one, I'm done. There's the truth that trumps them all, right? Come on. Um, here we go. Heaven will rule, but I get previews right here on earth. (laughs) there are more encounters and his name is the holy spirit (laughs) i can do all things through christ who strengthens me i'm not stagnant because god is alive in me (laughs) all right now the crux this is the whole i that was page one now we're on page two i also wrote real big because i tend to chicken scratch And I can't write in a straight line. Anybody else have that? You write up um, or down. Yeah, you know. What are you going to do? So here's some revelations I I heard. Actually, Kelsey was there. Um, uh, David Hall, right, talked about seven things Pentecostals believe. Um, That was at YFN. Yeah, there we go, because it was amazing. Can I say this? That was a a life-changing moment for me. Because he really just shared some things that I had heard before, but maybe I needed to dig more out of him. So if you're sitting here tonight and you're going, Chris, I think I've heard some of these before. I, I think um, it's okay to dig more out of them and also just go, I really like them too. Um, can I say, like, my wife does not make me um, my favorite dinner every night, right? But she's beautiful every day. And so sometimes I say, thank you for an amazing dinner. But I need to be looking and just reminding of what's true every day. You have salvation every day. You get to live it every day. So these may be truths that you live and walk out better than me, and that's okay. But maybe it's time to just sometimes go, thank you, God, for that. (laughs) All right. Um, First for you are quick. Praise the Lord on that. Um, Like Nicodemus, this is number one. Like Nicodemus, you were hungry then, and you're still hungry now. You have not given up your hunger and there be, may be times when, when the enemy stirs you against it, but I, I want to remind you of two things. First, remind yourself of the promises and prophetic words in your life, the testimony of your life. We need to be excellent in telling our testimonies. And, and if you're a person out here, hear me on this, if you're a person out here that has a totally different testimony where you were saved out of prison, drugs, whatever, all that kind of stuff, be excellent at your testimony. Because there are people who do that awesome. 
Um, it, anybody else have the thing, though? You get the complex sometimes of like, maybe I need to go do some drugs so that Jesus can save me out of it, and then I'll have a really good testimony. <laughs> Don't do that, okay? Because um, mine is, I'll give you the brief on mine. I was living in a fantasy because I had such a wild imagination, and I didn't realize that God was actually trying to get a hold of me to have a wild imagination for the kingdom. <laughs> So I had to get my identity and not, you know, live in my own head. Um, Number two, the timing is perfect and it's never too late for salvation. Turn to Luke 23 with me. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Luke 23. And we'll start in 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You may know the picture. Jesus is in the middle cross, and there's a criminal on each side of him, the three crosses up there on Golgotha. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. He had a revelation that not every Christian even has. We're getting what we deserve, man, but this man has done nothing wrong. Whoa. I'd let that guy preach. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Whoa. You want to talk about 13th hour, it's not too late. (laughs) It's not too late. And the timing was perfect. And and all of heaven, let's talk about the day you were saved. Because here's something that's true for every single one of you. Every person who can hear this. The day you were saved, all of heaven was doing this, looking right down and going, come on, baby, let's do this. Ah, look at him, Holy Spirit. Michael, get in here. Look at this. (laughs) They were ready for you to get saved that day. And they knew it was marked in the book of life. And they're going, yes, yes, yes. They were excited. And can I say this? It was no accident that whatever happened to, to lead you salvation happened. It was not random. You didn't just feel particularly good that day. You were hungry like Nicodemus. And, and even right now, I want to break this, okay? Because if you feel like maybe you haven't had revelations of your salvation or just salvation it's, itself, or maybe you felt like you were saved too late or something like that or didn't live, whatever it may be, really what I'm going after is regret. If you're fighting with regret, particularly right now, I just want you to put your hands out. You don't even have to stand up. We just break that spirit right now. Because your time was perfect. And just like the man on the cross that turned next to Jesus, your story's worth it. It doesn't matter if you have a long story and filled up half the, half the New Testament like Paul, or if you just had one quick moment with Jesus, there's power in it. And all of heaven celebrated. So I just say no to regret. Number three, you think like Jesus now. <laughs> hard to be with somebody walking with somebody and not have a little bit of their thoughts but if they're in your heart (laughs) and you put on the armor of god the helmet of salvation i think it's very interesting that the helmet's the one of salvation i think it's actually meant to protect and keep the mind of christ that should be stirring within us salvation is actually saying we're going to keep you from impure and wrong thinking and, and perversion from hitting your head but you also have the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 2, you know his will, his good and perfect will. It, actually, I'm going to turn there. You can turn with me. Actually, I think I, yeah, there we go. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think this is an action statement for us. Test and approve. If you know God well enough, you should have an idea of what his will is. That he wants his kids back. He wants people to be healed. He wants to do radical things on earth. He doesn't want you to be miserable. <laughs> All right, next one. Oh, boy, 10 minutes. I got a few to go. I'll start this one off with, the well, you belong to a kingdom. Now know the king. That's number four. It is in that day, and sometimes we get the revelation of, hey, I'm going to heaven. And I already told you, we belong in heavenly places now. In fact, one of my life verses, Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. And he's writing to that to people that are alive on earth, i.e., you need to start living like you're in a kingdom place. But the 
greatest thing of that is we have a personable king who wants to know you. And, and I just, I'm going to do a very me thing, all right? I, I think it was Winston Churchill who didn't say, um, I wish that, you didn't catch that, maybe. <laughs> Winston Churchill who did not say, it was me. Um, I wish that I could entrust every secret with dead men because what do they have to live for? Um, (laughs) I know this sounds funky, but I was driving in the car and I felt plain as day that I needed to share with somebody in here. This may be only for one person, but I think there's some fear uh, right now of what if God knew? Can I say this? Jesus was willing to die for you and he was he was willing to to put up with all this stuff. Your stuff doesn't scare him, and he, he's not here to expose you and make you feel embarrassed or ridiculous. A, a, a dead man doesn't really have an interest in, in your secrets um, other than to just love you through them. I was going to share on, on Stephen a little bit here, so I'll just give you a quick run through of Stephen. Does everybody know the story of Stephen? Some people know this. He's in Acts, he's in Acts 6. Uh, actually, we'll... Let me read you a quick verse on Stephen in Acts 6. It just says, But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. I'd like that anointing, please. (laughs) But Stephen gives an incredible um, sermon. And you can read it there in Acts 7. But what I really want to point to is what happens kind of towards the end. Is Stephen shares all this stuff. He's a, a recent convert to the Lord. He's caught caught what God's doing in his life. And it says, when the members of the Sanhedrin, that's um, like Pharisees, um, religious leaders, they heard his whole sermon, which is incredible. It says they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. I think Stephen had such a revelation of he needs to know the king. It was easy for him to spot Jesus all the time. Even in a situation where he just preached a home run and then people criticized him. He didn't do a James and John thing of like, I'm, let me hit you with some lightning right now. Um, <laughs> and so right after this, if you don't know, Stephen becomes a martyr. But as I, I've read about, and I'm going to encourage you to read about because I don't have time to cover it all. But I'm going to encourage you just to read about Stephen was really full of the Holy Spirit. He was really full of what God was doing in his life. And he knew the king. And it allowed him to have this moment here of just forgiving people um, for doing supernatural things here in the natural. Let's move on to number five. Even the ugly creation is redeemed, even you. Let's talk about Peter here. Because Peter, how many know Peter had a tough time with this sometimes? of all of uh, creation or everybody getting redeemed. Because Peter was a good Jewish boy. Uh, he was a fisherman. He probably only kosher stuff, all this kind of stuff. And there's a famous story about Peter, and we'll read some of it in Acts 10. But um, Peter had this moment of a vision, and God shows him all these unclean, uh, cleft-hoofed, you know, four-legged animals like pigs, basically. Um, And he says, Peter, take and eat. And all of Peter's upbringing would have told him, no way, man, I am not touching that. I think it was Chris Vallotton who said there was even brisket, and somehow Peter said no. Um, and, And so Peter sees all this. But if you know the story, it's really not so much about the meat. It's about Peter's got a bit of a problem with what's going on with the Gentiles. Because he's going, the Jewish people are ready, primed to get saved, but everybody else, I don't know. And so in Acts 10, we'll read uh, 28, and we'll try to get as as far as we can here, okay? He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit with a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. He's now at Cornelius' house, who's this leader of men, got this big house, and they've asked him to come speak, all right? He says, so when I was sent for, I came without raising an objection. May I ask why you sent for me? All right, so they're going like, Peter, we're ready. And then he goes, why did you send for me? And, you know, it's okay, I've been there. It takes me a couple times too. Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying 
at this hour, at three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer, remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we, all, now we are all here in the presence of God to listen everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. It does not say it there. I'm going to give you a quick rundown of Chris's version. Right after that, they had to pray for Peter's jaw to come up off the floor, I think. <laughs> Wait, a Gentile did all this? Can, can I say this? I want to get Cornelius' gift of prophecy there. He's at... He's at this guy's house. He's a tanner. He lives by the sea. Here's his address. Here's what he ate for breakfast. Like, so Peter, they go do all this. And listen to Peter's response. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. <laughs> but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. This is not only a story for Cornelius' house. It's a story for Peter to realize, hey, man, you've got to be willing to go and share even in the, the difficult places. And for us in here, any people group that we might have trouble with, if they say yes, God's going to redeem them. So you better get used to your neighbors. Can I say that? <laughs> We've got a place. And also, I had a vision kind of of this, or maybe it was just a goofy. Um, you also aren't God's heavenly snitch, i.e., when you get to heaven, you can't go up there and go, Jesus, that guy got in, do you know? And he goes, oh my goodness, Chris, I didn't even realize, you're right. They're a Gentile. <laughs> God, That's not the way it looks, all right? Oftentimes I go for parody to give us truth. You know why? It's because sometimes we need to realize how ridiculous we're being when we're going, those people can't be saved. Um, it, it goes on. Uh, let me just read you real quick in verse 45. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gifts of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Whoa. And actually, Peter, if you don't know, after this, he gets a very capital C church problem. Then he has to go before a kind of a board and go, yes, I did this, you know. And he tells them what happens, and it, it's so good. Acts eleven eighteen. When they heard this, they had no further objections and praised God, saying, so then, even to Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Yay! <laughs> Don't ever have a moment of doubt that God can't save that person that seems difficult. I think he's after them the most. We don't even have a demoniac living in the graveyard. It can't be that hard. Um, okay, God, hold your hands up. Slow the time. It doesn't work. <laughs> Number six, it's easy to pass on and it should be fun. Let's read about another guy I absolutely love. He's in Acts 8. And the reason, if you haven't caught it yet, the reason I'm reading to you a lot about these guys right here in Acts is they're receiving the wisdom of some of the first salvations. They're seeing all this happen and the pouring out of the Spirit. This is our model we're supposed to walk in. But not just for us as a church, I think it, we should also see this as different individuals having their breakthroughs. And I love Philip's breakthroughs. They're crazy, man. Um, Acts 8, oh gosh, there's no way I won't be able to read it all. But basically, Philip's praying, an angel shows up. He says, hey, go run down this road. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury, treasury of that place. That man has gone to Jerusalem to worship. On his way, he was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Okay, so I want you to watch what happens with Philip. It should be easy and fun. And also, notice he gets um, an encounter, a God encounter with an important person who can carry the gospel to Ethiopia. Just food for thought. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, heard the man reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I, said, unless someone explains it to me? How could it be easier, honestly? He's going like, man, I'm doing this activity. It's like, I don't know, for one random day, you decided to walk around with a weed eater and you just happened to walk by somebody and with a busted weed eater. And they're going, man, if only God would send somebody like, I just happened to be carrying a weed eater. Like, it, how much more of a God is going, Philip, I want you to go to this guy. <laughs> it should be easy. How can I? Philip read the, the passage and the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, 
please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself, this is in 34, himself or someone else. Philip began with, with that very passive scripture and told the good news about Jesus. As they, and then this is so good. He gets him saved. And I know, uh, we'll get into this in a moment, but I know uh, Holy Spirit is a huge part of what they're doing. And that's our last one we're going to end on. But as they travel along, they came to some water. And the eunuch, not Philip, the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? Would like that portion when you see salvations. It's just like, hey, where's the tub? Hey, I want to do this. Like, come on. Today was the day. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. That last one is your excuse for I don't have time. Don't ever tell God you don't have time, because if you're doing his mission, he'll just teleport you wherever you need to go next. Because what happens is the Spirit took Philip away, and the eunuch didn't see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about. Don't ever tell me you don't have time. If we're doing it, it's like right there. Study that passage. If you want to see salvations, it should be, that's right. Um, it should be that easy and, and that just a much of a God-ordained moment. So in a list earlier, I put number seven out of place because if, if you go through and you're taking notes, we're actually just kind of mirroring here what happened with Jesus and Nicodemus. And I've just been praying to God on like, some of the greater picture of what happens when we get saved. And, and I kind of had to move this one towards the end because it's what I feel like we need to. If you need to get saved tonight, tonight's your night first. I don't want to ever feel like there's an opportunity and not go for it. Um, if, if you need to get saved, it's going to be awesome. But something that we've kind of, the capital C Church, maybe we haven't done the best job of stewarding, is that, Nicodemus came and said, I'm ready. And Jesus starts talking about things of the spirit. And at the beginning of Acts, the whole jumping off point for us is really Acts 2, is that it was time for the spirit to show up. And when you receive salvation, it's, it's really just kind of like Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It should be you're saved, you're baptized in water, and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit is the fullness of the gospel. And Peter, I think it's so interesting that Peter's the one that preached here. Because he's the one that just got restored by Jesus down by the water. He tried to go back to his old identity, which never works. Who's ever tried that? Some, and I'm just going to read you um, just a little beginning and end here, okay? Acts 2.2. 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. After this, Peter preaches a power sermon. There's some amazing stuff in there. It actually, this, this story really kind of ends with 3,000 people were saved that day. Who would like to see that? <laughs> Reinhard Bonnke did, and it worked out pretty well. But I want to read you something in, in verse 38 here. Peter says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. The revelation we have to have is when we get filled with Jesus, we're getting filled and overflowing with power. And the recognition of that, I think the, the greatest way to recognize that is to also just go, let's just baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Let's pray that the Spirit fills you up as well. Not just, here's a ticket out, get out of hell free card. So I'm going uh, to ask this actually. Uh, I don't know who's on altar team tonight, but if I can ask uh, my wife, maybe Tim, Kelsey, Tom and Kathy, if you'd like to join us. Um, if you all can come stand up here. Jeez. All right. We don't serve a dead God, amen? He's stirring in the house right now. He's stirring among us. And, and I want to say this too. Um, really, I'm going to open up for, for three things. And I, I may need more, some more of the altar team to spin on what we need to do here tonight. Is first, um, actually I'm going to pick on Tim. 
uh, I'll jump down with him. If you need to get saved, um, we'll be right up here. We'd love for you to meet Jesus. Today is the greatest day of your life. But if you have never prayed, if you've never prayed for the Holy Spirit to fill you up, what's commonly known as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we want to do that tonight. And we also, if you've received that, and you feel like it's your season, your time to start praying in tongues, maybe you've never done that, we'd like to do that with you. Um, or, or even really, if there's just a, if there's a blockage, I think that was the word you gave me, is if there's a blockage there, and you don't feel, feel like a fullness of the Spirit. Actually, I learned this from Todd White um, via Kelsey, is that sometimes he goes and preaches and goes, have you been baptized in the Spirit? Good, do it again. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is when I tried it, I had a really great night. <laughs> Jesus. Let's just stand together before, before we even come forward tonight. I'm just feeling something corporately as well. If you want to receive more, whatever, take it right now. But I also just feel a stirring. If you're just going, you know what? Some of my revelations where I want to be more intentional or, or feel God more when I want to lead somebody to the Lord or just evangelism, I just say receive that right now in Jesus' name. Just think of the testimony from the man of Scalos. They saw somebody, they've been praying for 30 years to receive Jesus, and they did about two months ago or so. Or maybe it's a brand new coworker you just met. Watch out, Monday. <laughs> yes, Lord. So now I just say the front is open. If you've got questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've got questions about salvation, all these up here are more than qualified to come to talk to you about it. Awesome. <laughs> Just going to take a minute if there's a few more. Yes. Y'all do this. If you're just hanging right now, Stick your hands out to somebody that's being prayed over. Or, or do this. If God puts you, somebody on your heart right now, maybe you haven't prayed for them in a while to receive salvation. Jesus. Just come pour fresh on the rest of us. Come pour fresh on the rest of us. God, we, we just speak against our own blockages where we've said, oh, I know enough about that verse or I know enough about this thing. I know enough about salvation, Holy Spirit, Proverbs, whatever it may be. God, guide us into deeper revelation. Let us see the fullness of what you're doing in each thing in our lives. Test, test. Here we go. Here, let's just let's just end like this. I just, 
you know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the initial infilling, but then they were never intended just to stop there. It says three verses, three chapters later, they were filled again, they were filled again, they were filled again. So let's just all put our hands out and just see the the work of salvation in our life is the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So we just right now we just receive more of you, Holy Spirit. We just receive more of you, Holy Spirit. We just say we we want to be like those in Acts that when they showed up to towns, they said those who have turned the world upside down have come into our town. And it was it was not because they were gifted. It was not because of anything but the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through them. So we just receive more of what you're doing, Lord. We and, and we just if you just say, Well, I'm already full, ask him to get you larger so he can fill you up more. So we just say enlarge us, God, so we can have more of your Holy Spirit in us, God. We just thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We just say the gifts of the Spirit flowing forth now, the overflow of the Holy Spirit now, in Jesus' name. We just say as we go out tonight, overflowing in the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, bless you guys, and have a great night, and we'll hopefully see some of you tomorrow.